This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, Our brains are belief machines. We are motivated to believe, especially those things that we want to believe. The default mode of human psychology is to arrive at beliefs for largely emotional reasons and then to employ our reason, more to justify those beliefs than to modify or arrive at those beliefs in the first place. Therefore, in many ways, we are slaves to our own emotions if we let ourselves be. End quote. Those are the words of Stephen Novella. Stephen is a clinical neurologist and an associate professor at Yale. He was born July 29, 1964 in Danbury, Connecticut, and is 58 years old. Novella was educated in medicine at Georgetown and completed his residency in neurology in 1995 at the Yale New Haven Hospital. In addition to being a doctor, Stephen is also a published author and hosts his own podcast, one you may have heard of called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. And it's quite an enjoyable listen, if I do say so, my small, independent podcast with tens of listeners self, and Stephen subscribes to a concept known as skeptical inquiry. And we tend to hear the word skeptic with a negative connotation, but in reality, it's a strong, scientifically-based method for discerning fact from fiction. From the Committee of Skeptical Inquiry, or CSI, (laughs) get it, of which Stephen is a member, that committee seeks to, quote, promote scientific inquiry critical investigation, and the use of reason in examining controversial and extraordinary claims, end quote. Well, wouldn't that come in handy as, say, oh, I don't know, a method for accurately, measurably, and repeatedly testing hypotheses before deeming them factual and sharing them? Hmm, wouldn't that be nice? A jest, of course, about something we already have, called the scientific method. And CSI aims to apply rigorous scientific tests to uncritical acceptance of claims. And as a random aside, I like to picture a meeting of CSI as a number of people with their heads all cocked to one side, slightly, and an eyebrow raised, in the universally recognized sign of, what the hell? But I digress. And on skepticism, Novella says the following. It is, quote, one who prefers beliefs and conclusions that are reliable and valid to ones that are comforting or convenient, and therefore rigorously and openly applies the methods of science and reason to all empirical claims, especially their own. A skeptic provisionally proportions acceptance of any claim to valid logic and a fair and thorough assessment of available evidence, and studies the pitfalls of human reason and the mechanisms of deception so as to avoid being deceived by others or themselves. Skepticism values method over any particular conclusion. End quote. And man, what a great quote that is. I mean, that could be an episode all its own. I love that quote. And a key component of that quote to me is when Novella says to rigorously apply methods of science and reason to all empirical claims, especially your own. Now, if you're like me, the first time you read that, you said, well, duh, Stephen, of course I do that. Of course I challenge my firmly held beliefs on a regular basis and subject them to exacting and unforgiving scrutiny, even in the face of incorrectness and the potential eating of massive amounts of crow. Of course I do that. No, we don't. No, you don't. No, we just simply do not do that. 
I mean, maybe some of us do, some of the time. But I don't, and I bet that you don't either. Not because I can be certain of that, but because, as odds go, I'd bet that more than 50% of people don't. So I'd say it's safer that way. But regardless, all joking aside, we probably don't do this anywhere near as much as we should. Which is why I bring you this quote today. We can't correct what we can't see. Well, I have bad news for you, listener. If you've made it this far into the episode, you now see it. I hope. And therefore, you can't unsee it. So what do we do with that? The other item of interest in this quote about skepticism is when he says to study the pitfalls of human reason and mechanisms of deception so as to avoid being deceived. Well, why would he say that? Clearly, because it happens. And I'm here to tell you, dear sweet intelligent listener, that it happens a lot. All the time, every day, everywhere, at all levels of intellect and privilege and financial success and across all demographics. We deceive ourselves a lot. But, as I just said, we can do something about that now that we know that we do that. And this leads me back to today's topic quote. Again, Stephen Novella says, quote, Our brains are belief machines. We are motivated to believe, especially those things that we want to believe. The default mode of human psychology is to arrive at beliefs for largely emotional reasons and then to employ our reason, more to justify those beliefs than to modify or arrive at those beliefs in the first place. Therefore, in many ways, we are slaves to our own emotions, if we let ourselves be. End quote. This quote comes from Novella's book, Your Deceptive Mind, A Scientific Guide to Critical Thinking Skills. Makes sense, an appropriate title for what we're talking about here today, thinking critically about the world around us. And now a moment ago, I made the assertion that we deceive ourselves a lot. And I know that's a lofty claim for someone who has this whole episode about someone who is a self-proclaimed skeptic, but allow me to defend my position just, just a little bit here. I would argue that humans are part logic and part emotion. Different proportions of each are in play in various moments in our lives, but we possess both of those capabilities. And in order to establish, and also to defend and then project, our logical beliefs, we employ logical arguments. Logical arguments can be either well-constructed and strong, or poorly constructed and weak. And of course, there's a continuum there as well. And part of what makes certain arguments flawed is what are called logical fallacies. A logical fallacy is, according to the Purdue Writing Lab, quote, a common error in reasoning that will undermine the logic of your argument, end quote. And the fact that they refer to this as common, or these errors as common, should further reinforce the point that this happens a lot. And you have likely heard of some of these, perhaps in formal or informal debate, where they're cited extensively. But here's a list of 10 of probably the most common that you'll see. Ad hominem fallacy. The straw man argument. The appeal to ignorance. The appeal to authority. A false dilemma. The slippery slope, which, as a side note, is a favorite among both political parties in America. The hasty generalization. Equivocation, also a political favorite. The red herring. And the bandwagon fallacy. In fact, of that list of 10, I'd say most of those are employed regularly by all participants in the political game because it allows them to take shortcuts rather than formulate deep thought on very controversial and challenging topics on which they must govern. It's easier to employ these logical fallacies than do that. Now, 
I strongly encourage you to look up those 10. There are plenty of websites with these and at least have a passing knowledge of them. You'll arrive at better conclusions and hopefully you'll be able to help others do so as well. Because I'm not going to go into each, although I would love to do so with someone interested in exploring them. But suffice it to say, if you were to say, scroll through Twitter or Facebook for, oh, I don't know, about 18 seconds, you'd probably see at least one, if not many more of these, in the things that people write and share. They're everywhere. Now, don't misunderstand. Knowing that they exist does not make you immune from them, nor does it make you better than those who don't. It also doesn't mean that people who fall victim to them in their logical approach are doing so maliciously. And that is of supreme importance. As Novella says, our brains are belief machines. We want to believe that what we believe is correct. We want to believe that we've got it right. Why? Well, for starters, at a biological level, once we get it right on an idea, we don't have to invest a bunch of time, and importantly, from a biological perspective, energy in thinking about it. It's right, so we go with it. Biologically, this is a lower-cost exercise than the alternative, so we try to settle quickly on things so we don't have to exercise, at great expense, our brains quite as much. Now, Novella takes it a step beyond even that and doesn't attribute it to biology really at all. He attributes it to emotion, the other side of that emotion and logic coin that I mentioned earlier. We want and wish and need and desire and yearn for a specific thing to be true. So to fulfill that want and wish and need and desire and yearning, we then reverse apply our logic to make it magically match. Wow, turns out I was right all along. The evidence says so. Isn't that amazing? Well, this is the caution that we should take from Novella's quote today. Lest we become a slave to our own emotions by retrofitting the world around us to what our emotions say we think, we must take a critical look at our beliefs. Because if we don't, we run the risk of, as Novella says, being a slave to our emotions. And none of us wants that. None of us wants to be wrong. Now, blissfully ignorant and wrong is a state that I would argue a lot of us, myself included, live in without even realizing that we're doing so. Why? Because, again, it takes a lot of time and energy and effort to deeply inquire about the things that we're fairly certain we know to be correct. Take, for example, something that you have a deeply held belief on. I'm not going to go into the political side of things, but let's take, I don't know, religion. Whatever your religion is. The easiest one, the most prevalent one in the United States, at least for the time being, is Christianity. You probably have a belief about Christianity one way or the other. Maybe it's a deeply held and strong belief that it is correct. And you believe the tenets of Christianity, you believe the things that are taught in the Christian religion, and you use them as guiding principles in your life. Or, perhaps you're on the other side of the coin, and you feel that Christianity, like a lot of religions, is a hoax. That it is a fabricated mechanism for control over the masses. And that there's no more a sky god up there, raining down, presents and gifts and fire and brimstone, then there are magical witches riding around like in Harry Potter. They're just as fanciful. Either way, regardless of which side of that argument, and even that is a logical fallacy, that's the false dilemma, one or the other, even if you are certain of your particular side of that argument, even if you are certain of your particular side of that argument, 
When was the last time you truly interrogated your side of the argument? Really? Really, really? Or do you reinforce it by reading certain things every week? If you're a Christian, it's easy. You read the Bible and you go to church. Those are the things that reinforce your religion. But if you are anti-Christian, anti-religion, let's say, do you have a series of websites and blog posts and books that challenge your beliefs that Christianity, religion, and sky gods are all fake? Because if you haven't, then I would argue that you're not taking a skeptical approach to your belief on one side or the other. Now, if you do those things, good on you. Fantastic. That's exactly what a skeptic would and should do, is apply a logical scientific approach to the world around them and the supernatural world, if you're so inclined to believe. Applying that skepticism allows you to discern fact from fiction. And sometimes, while I said it jokingly earlier, sometimes it means that all the time and all the energy that you've invested, perhaps your entire life, could be wrong. And it's one thing to know that it's wrong. It's one thing to do the hard work and be willing to take a peek behind the curtain and see if what you thought was there is actually there. And another thing altogether to go, ah, okay, I have found that this thing that I believed or didn't believe in for all this time was wrong. And now I'm going to actually make the adjustment to the way that I think and approach the world because it's the right thing to do so that I can be less wrong. That's skepticism. That's what Novella is arguing for here. So what's my takeaway today? Maybe to be a little bit more skeptical of my own beliefs because I, as the old saying goes, am the easiest person to deceive myself. And to take a critical look at the things that I believe and examine the other sides and I said sides plural, because there are many. There is rarely just one alternative. And subsequently, and most difficultly, be willing to discard my old way of thinking for a more correct new way. And I'd say that if we can do that, listener, we too can count ourselves as skeptics. We can enhance our understanding of the world, and we can be just a little bit less wrong. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod, or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.